You're listening to a podcast from Toronto Celebration Church in Toronto, Ontario. It's our hope through the Word of God that you're built up in faith and drawn closer to our Savior and Healer, Jesus Christ. As you prepare your heart to receive God's Word, we pray the Holy Spirit will use this message powerfully in your life. If you're comfortable doing so, just lift up your hands right now in an attitude of just, I'm here to receive from you today, Jesus. Father, we acknowledge that every good and perfect thing is from you. And Jesus, like we just sang, cast our cares upon you. Lord, I thank you for the grace this morning in every one of our lives to cast the burdens and the cares and the troubles that we have in our lives upon your shoulders. Jesus, I thank you that you care for every need in this room. I thank you that you said, invited us. In fact, come all those who are weary and and, I will, and you said that you will give us rest. So I thank you for supernatural rest in this room. I thank you for miracles. I thank you for all, that all things are possible. I thank you, Jesus, that you're here this morning teaching us, guiding us by your spirit. And I thank you, Father, that you're taking us higher from glory to glory in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Can we give Jesus a big shout here this morning? Amen. All right. Thank you, singers, musicians. Great job. You may be seated. Every, all of us can be seated, except I guess I'll keep standing. But the rest of you, great job. All right, 1 o'clock this afternoon, we have our 1 o'clock service. We'll be continuing a study we started last week in the book of Romans, verse by verse. Martin Luther, who was a well-known preacher a long time ago, he said, you know, Romans is the very purest gospel that cannot be studied too often or too much. And so we're going to be looking at it verse by verse. It's an exposition of the scripture of Romans. We'll be in Romans chapter 2 and 3. We started Romans chapter 1 last week. Also between services, Cafe Andrew. Oh, they always they have good food. That's one good thing. They also have a good lesson today, not under law, under grace. That'll be the lesson today at Cafe Andrew. All right. Last week we started a series talking about discovering our true self, discovering our true self. And if we're honest, the greatest quest of all religion or philosophical pursuits is to answer this question, who am I? Who am I? It's a quest of philosophy and of religions. Now, primarily, we're talking to those today who are born again in Christ Jesus, who have been made new, new creations. You say, well, why, Nathan, are, we ta- are you talking primarily to born-again believers? Well, first of all, if you're not born again, I'll, you have the opportunity today to become born again as a free gift. But secondly, I hope to present the picture of being born again as such a wonderful opportunity and a wonderful life that you become jealous of that if you don't have it already and receive it today. Amen? And so we'll be talking primarily to that. But last week, we started by looking at a passage of Scripture. I'm just recapping, bringing us up to speed in 2 Peter chapter 1, where the Scripture said that we have become partakers of Christ's own nature. He said, we have become partakers of Jesus' own nature. We saw that how in the new creation we have been made one spirit with him, according to Scripture. He brought us in, he made us new creations, and we are one spirit with him. Say one spirit. And this truth flies in the face of so much false religious teaching. You know, so many people sit in church or sit in under religious teachings, and they're made to feel, you know, that you're nothing more than a sinner, a wretch, just a wretch saved saved by grace. And certainly at one time you were a wretch, but now you are brought into the new creation and all things have been made new. Amen? And no longer you are a wretch, but you are a saint in the kingdom of God. And we are partakers of Christ's own nature. And we saw that last week. And then we saw how we partake of Christ's own nature. We partake of his nature. We share in that nature. We share in his attributes, who he is, his righteousness, his sanctification, his holiness. We partake of that nature through the exceeding precious promises. We looked at that last week. And we saw how through the hearing and then through hearing the promises and through believing the promises, 
We are partaking on the nature of Christ that lives in us as new creations, as one spirit with him. There is the nature of Christ, righteousness, holiness, sanctification, anointing, authority. All that Christ is in us. We partake, we draw upon it, hearing, believing through the exceeding precious promises. And so we're preaching that here today. And it's important because in, in life, many times stuff happens. Yeah, anybody have ever any quote-unquote stuff happen in your life? Things that distract you from the promises of God, distract you from what, his, what he says in your life. We have stuff that happens. And this stuff distracts us from the exceedingly precious promises. And this isn't to bring us under condemnation or guilt, but we're told that we, we draw, we share his nature as we hear and believe these promises. So anything that would distract, anything that would take away from these promises, hearing and believing in our lives, they take away from the amount of nature that I'm drawing from within, rivers of living water from within our spirit person. And so it's important in the storms of life to keep hearing, keep acknowledging the promises of God because they are connecting us to the life of Christ that's within us. And the scripture says that which is born of God. Are you born of God? As a new creation in Christ, you better believe it. You're born of God. And it says that which is born of God overcomes the world, even our faith. And that's that, the nature of Christ within us that we have. And that's why Paul said, I referenced, referenced it in communion even today, but we looked at it in Scripture last week, how Paul said, examine yourself, and you will see that Christ Jesus is in you. Examine yourself. Examine, you'll see that you are a new creation. Old things have passed away. Look at that. Examine that. You see, we are spiritual beings. You and I, we are primarily spiritual beings. We have a physical body, but we are spirit beings. And the scripture says that from our spirit being, it's one spirit with Christ. And from our innermost being flow rivers of living water. That's Christ's life, his nature, and everything that he is. That's why in the New Testament, over 380 times, it's referenced in him, in Christ, with him, by him, through him. This is describing the life of a new creation, the life of those who have been born again in Christ, in him, by him, through him. This is where faith comes from, from the very core of our being, our spirit being. And so our part, it's why we're here today, is to synchronize our minds our wills, our emotions. How many have, don't answer me, emotions sometimes are like a roller coaster, right? Well, we're called to synchronize our mind, our will, and our emotions with this nature of Christ that's within us. To yield to him. Y2J, yield to Jesus, amen? He lives in us. And everything we need to live this life, an overcoming life, is within us through Christ, by him, with him. He doesn't force himself. He doesn't force his life on us. It's something we're invited to partake in, which is why today we're causing an awareness of this life. And so we continue on. We'll pick it up, this theme up today in Philemon chapter 6. Are you ready for it? Say, I'm ready. Philemon 6. Let's go ahead and read it. I pray by the fellowship of your faith that you might become more effective through the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you, in Christ Jesus. How many want to be more effective in life? Yeah? More effective. I know I do. We all, we all do. Want to be more effective in life. He said you, your faith may become more effective, more effective in, in relationship, more effective in righteousness, more effective in faith, more effective in every area of life. Through the acknowledgement of every good thing. Say every good thing. 
that is in you in Christ Jesus. So we want to live a more effective life. Paul's exhorting us, live a more effective life. How? Through acknowledging all your shortcomings? Through acknowledging all the junk in your life? Through acknowledging the different times you failed? Through acknowledging all the people who failed you? Through acknowledging all that junk in our lives? Is that what he's saying? We're not denying it. We're not living in an alternate reality in that sense. But we are, he says you'll become more effective as you acknowledge every good thing that's in you in Christ. Every exceeding precious promises you're drawing on that nature. Why is it today so many preachers, they are almost the opposite. It's almost like they are, they are specialists in acknowledging every dirty, rotten thing in your life. Yeah, don't, don't, don't look side to side. But you know, some, I heard one, one, one gentleman in our church, he said, you know, I, I used to listen to preaching all the time, and it made, I'd leave thinking there was a, a six-inch spike being driven through my head. Condemnation, guilt, I left feeling smaller than a worm. Yeah? They think they're Old Testament prophets come to point out all your faults and all your failures. Can I announce to you, we have a new age, a new dimension. We are living in the new covenant. We are not Old Testament prophets any longer here to point out your flaws and your failures. Yeah? Thank God for that, that I, that I today, I'm a minister of the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And I am here to acknowledge every good and perfect thing that's in you through Christ Jesus. And I'm trusting that Christ in you will make you more effective in those areas of life that you're believing God for. Come on, church. Can somebody get excited? We think, oh, pointing, da-da-da-da, making you feel bad, that'll make... No, he says, become more effective through the acknowledgement of every good thing. Say, every good thing. Have you said, I don't know what good is in me? Well, look at Jesus. You want to know what's good in you? As he is, so are you. He's given you all that he is. His righteousness, his sanctification, his whole... He's given to you. You have a lot of good in you to acknowledge. Look at your neighbor and say, and say, you have got a lot of good in you. you got a, we got a lot of good things to acknowledge, we do, but we forget. So let's practice one right now. There's a lot we could acknowledge. Let's practice one. Acknowledge you are righteous. Yeah? Say, I'm righteous. <laughs> say it strong and say, I'm righteous. Acknowledge your righteousness. This is one of the good things that's in us in Christ Jesus. 2 Corinthians 5, it says, He made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Leave that up there for a second. You know, many Christians have no, not a hard time acknowledging the first part of that verse. He made him who knew no sin to become sin. Did Jesus commit any sin? Oh, of course not. No, no. Every Christian would say, no, Jesus did not commit any sin. And, and, and he became a sinner, not of his own actions, but he, it was put on him, and it was something that he was identified with, right? And you talk to most believers today, Christians today, they'd have no problem at believing the first part of that verse. Of course Jesus didn't do any sin. Of course not. He just became sin. He didn't do any, are, are we all right? But then you get to the second part of that verse, and that's where everything falls off the, falls off the track, right? That we might become righteousness of God in him, become righteous. So Jesus became sin. Did he do any sin? Talk to me. You became righteous. Did you do any righteous? About half as, half as much conviction. That's pretty much, yeah. <laughs> Did Jesus commit any sin to become sin? Now you don't know what to answer. You're all like, no. Did you, become, did you do any righteous deeds to become righteous? Yeah, we're about equal, see? <laughs> That's good. 
But we, many people have a hard time accepting this. You became righteous apart from any good deed on your part. So, so, so you know, stop putting up with all the junk that you've been putting up with for the past 20, 30 years. All the ina- feelings of inadequacy, all the feelings of condemnation and guilt. You say, I'm just feeling so bad. I'm feeling... Stop putting up with that. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. His adequacy became your adequacy. His sufficiency became your sufficiency. Stop putting up with the junk. Put your foot down and acknowledge every good thing that's in you and say, I am righteous. Come on, say it stronger. Say, I am righteous. And he's saying, you become more effective in faith, more effective in life in acknowledging what he's put into us. Amen? Acknowledge this. Acknowledge that he has forgiven you. He's not angry with you. You know, some of the angriest people that you can find today, sometimes, sadly, are Christians. And they're on a trigger point of anger that if you, turn, if you look at them the wrong way, boom, they're going to snap. And sadly, often it's because that's their view of God, that God's out to get them on this trigger point of anger, that if they just get God the wrong, the wrong, way, you know, the wrong way, he's going to snap. And no matter, no wonder people are angry. no. God has forgiven you in Christ, and he's brought you into a new creation, and he's made you righteous, in right standing with him. Amen. Amen. Say it again. Say, I am righteous. But to do this sometimes, you know, we have to remove religious filters that have just come over our thinking. Religious filters. Take, for example, Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 23. It says, be renewed in the spirit of our minds, that you put on the new man which was created according to God, in true righteousness and holiness. Look at that for a second. Leave it up there. The new you is created in true righteousness and true holiness. That's you. I am describing, according to Scripture, your new person. Yeah? The new you. The new you is created. Remember, we are new creations in Christ. The new you is fully righteous. The new you is holy, created in true righteousness and holiness. But then filters start to come into our mind. But what about this? Oh, and it can't be that true, that good. It's too good to be true. And what about that? And what about this? You can't truly be created in true righteousness. You can't truly be that way. And the filters start to come in, and what happens is it renders the promises almost powerless, Remember, how do we draw on the nature of Christ? How do we partake of his nature that's within us? By hearing and believing the exceeding precious promises. We looked at that last week. So when filters come in and begin to filter out the promises that by the time I hear them and what I'm believing is so far from the unfiltered truth of what he's trying to tell us, there's barely any power left. You know, it's like the government today and redacted documents. You know what a redacted document is like? We're supposed to have a Freedom of Information Act in our country. Then if you need information from the government and what they're up to, you should be able to get it. But oftentimes when you get the documents from the country, from the government, you know, go ahead and put it up. It looks something like this, a redacted document whereby, yeah, so here it is. I just, this isn't a real one, by the way. I just pulled it off of Google, so don't think I have any states or country, country secrets going up here. But, you know, a redacted document. Here you have a, a text, but most of the document is blacked out. 
or blotted out. And so you, you're trying to figure out what in the world does this mean? You see something about a, I didn't even look what this read, by the way, it's something about a flying object or something, a UFO. I'm not trying to get into UFOs here. I actually didn't even look what it said. I just pulled up a sample of redacted document. I'm just waving me. You understand I'm not preaching UFOs here. I just realized what I had put up there. But anyhow, so you're reading, you're reading a truth here. And, uh, you know, the, 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 I guess they're talking about UFOs in the States now, even in Congress. But anyhow, I haven't followed that so much. But anyhow, unidentified. So here you're trying to figure out what does this document actually say? I mean, you, know, you can barely read it. That's what filter is like. It's like redacting the, what, the text, and so you, you barely even know what's happening. And that's how many people will read the Bible. There, you know, there, there's a bit of Jesus and a bit of love and the cross and this and that, but what does it all mean? We can't figure out heads or tails because the whole thing has been filtered down so profusely that the promises have been neutered of their power and their strength in our lives. Yeah, oh yeah, he says you're righteous, but is that really what he meant? Yeah, he said you're created in true holiness, but is that really true? I mean, your, action, your actions haven't fully lived up to it yet, so how how can you call yourself righteous and holy? How can you acknowledge? See the filters? And then you start to come under condemnation or guilt, and you start thinking, I, I don't think I can live this Christian life. I don't think I can live in victory. And faith stops working. You see how these filters, you know, they, they, they're, they're, they're filtering down the power. They're diluting the power. No, Paul said, and the scriptures say, we must acknowledge every good thing in us to partake of his nature. As we partake in his nature, we go stronger in faith. We go stronger in righteousness and holiness. But these filters, they, they neuter the power. Here's one filter. I'll give you a couple here this morning. Number one, sin, when you sin, this is a filter, by the way, when you sin, you lose fellowship with God. No, that is completely wrong. They'll say, well, when you sin, you don't lose your salvation, but you lose fellowship with God. Can I tell you, this is completely wrong. In fact, if anything, when you sin, you need more fellowship with God than, we always need fellowship with God, but you understand what I'm saying. How arrogant of us to believe that when I sin, I don't need, you know, God would remove himself and I don't have any more fellowship with him until I clean myself up. Why did he come to save us in the first place? If you can save yourself and clean yourself up, why do you need, why, why did he have to come in the first place? You don't even need his grace. Just go do it yourself. Are you following me? That's what the children of Israel thought. Give us the Ten Commandments. No grace. We don't need new life. We don't need... They failed miserably. But we have this idea. No, the Scripture says if you're born again, you won't sin. First of all, your nature doesn't want to sin. But if you sin, the Scripture says, you have an advocate with the Father. Yeah? The Scripture says when sin abounds, God's grace superabounds. In other words, when you're messed up and fail, you better believe. You better believe the fellowship of grace is active in your life and superabounding. That'll bring you up out of the pit. You'll bring you up out of the gutter. It'll bring you up out of whatever defeated cycle you're in, and you'll begin to walk strong again. Can I hear an amen? But these filters rob us from living a life of victory because we think we're battling to somehow to get back into, into fellowship with God. You say, well, if I sin, is there no consequences? Nothing happened if I sin? I never say that. Did I say that? No. Of course there's consequence to sin. The Scripture says the way of the transgressor is hard. You do some dumb things, you're going, to get some, you're going to reap some dumb consequences, yeah? In fact, but, and, but, and you say, what about between me and God? Does it have any influence in that area? Yes, it does. The Scripture says that sin causes us to lose confidence towards God. Did you hear what I just said? I did not say that it causes God to lose confidence towards you. He trusts Christ in you. He trusts his son's life in you. But it causes us to lose confidence towards him. That's a big deal. The book of Hebrews says, cast not away your confidence, for with it comes great reward. 
We need confidence in God to live by faith and to live an overcoming life. And so, yes, sin does have consequence in the sense of we lose confidence towards God. You know, the children of Israel, they, they, the first go round at the promised land, the scripture says that they were kept out of the promised land. Why? Well, if you read it, the book of Hebrews and also in the Old Testament, they, they were kept out because of unbelief. It was unbelief that kept them out. Unbelief. Lack of confidence towards That was even Old Covenant. How much more New Covenant? Your, your, your sin problem's been dealt with, but if we lack confidence, if we don't believe, we render the promises useless. And so, yeah, we need to understand, I have fellowship with God on my, on my very worst day because that fellowship's going to lift you up. It's going to rise you up out of that gutter. It's going to give you strength and character. Can I hear an amen? <laughs> Got to get rid of these filters. Now, if you say, well, this kind of teaching just makes me want to sin more, can I invite you to be born again? Yeah. You know, a born-again person is not looking for a loophole to just try and live a sinful life. You want to. You might fail. You might stumble. Yes. And if you do, you have an advocate with the Father, but your nature doesn't want to. Amen? And I have a wonderful invitation to you. If you say, well, this just wants me to, you know, I'm just looking for a loophole to sin more, can I invite you to be born again? He'll give you a new nature and a new heart. Can I hear a big amen? Come on, church. Amen. Here's another filter. When I sin or when you sin, it puts you under a curse. <laughs> that is another filter that robs the power of God and the promises of God from our lives. When I sin or when you sin, you're put under a curse. Galatians chapter 3 and verse 13, it says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. Does it say Christ redeemed us from the curse to put us under another curse? Come on, talk to me. Oh, this is weak. All right, let's preach it a bit longer. It says Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law. So now when you sin, he punishes you by putting you under another curse? I came across a book written by a preacher, and it was entitled, Ten Curses That Will Stop God's Blessing in Your Life. That's absolute foolishness. What kind of blessing of God can be stopped by a curse? What kind of blessing is that? You know, even in the Old Testament, the blessing of God could not be stopped by the curse. Old Testament. We are New Testament. We've got a better covenant. But even in the Old Testament, the, the blessing could not be overrode by a curse. Prime example, the Hebrew people were, were fighting with a king called Balak. He was afraid of them. So he hired a sorcerer named Balaam. He was going to pay Balaam a lot of money to put a curse on the Hebrew people. You following me? A lot of money was involved. Balaam had a lot of interest to put a curse on, on the Hebrew people. And, and yet Balaam said, Balaam tried. And in the end, he said to Balak, he said, listen, and this is a, this is a sorcerer talking, by the way. This is, this is not a prophet of God. This is a sorcerer. He said, to whom God is blessed, no man can curse. And he continued by saying, and the reason is God sees no sin in them. This was Old Testament, by the way. God sees no sin in them, so what God has blessed, no man can curse. The reason you are blessed today is God sees no sin in you. And yet even New Covenant believers, we have a hard time believing that. That was Old Testament. Yeah? And that was under the blood of bulls and goats. And as long as they offered the blood of bulls and goats according to the, the cycle, they were not under a curse. They were under a blessing. And did they, do you think that for a moment those Hebrew people, all two million of them, do you think there was no sin in the camp? Not one of them had a wrong thought. No one of them, not one of them had a thought of jealousy. Not one of them did in that day. Do you think that? 
Come on, were we talking to real people here, right? Of course not. Why did God not see any sin in them? Because they were under the atoning sacrifice. And that was Old Testament. How much more in our new covenant of grace sealed by the blood of Jesus Christ, how much more shall no curse overcome the blessing of God? Amen. There is in this new creation, yeah. In this new creation, there is not a million curses that can overcome his blessing in your life. Not a demon, not a principality or power, nothing can overcome the blessing of God through Christ Jesus in the new creation, and that's in your life. The only way that it can happen is if we give ourselves into deception and we believe a lie. Remember, how do we partake of his divine nature? Through believing. And so if I believe the curse has more power than his blessing in my life, then I give that power over to it. Well, I'm here today to talk, and that's why we're talking about the exceeding precious promises of God. And I'm here to say that whom God has blessed, say that's me, say it to yourself, say that's me. Has God blessed you? The scripture says that every blessing of God in Christ is yours in Christ Jesus. Every blessing. So I'll ask again, has God blessed you? Say, I'm blessed. So to whom God has blessed, no man can curse. You're not under a curse. Rid yourself of the deception if you believe that lie and say, no, I'm free. No curse can operate in my life. Amen? To whom God has blessed. These are filters that we have to rid ourselves of. Preachers enjoy putting filters on our minds. Preachers enjoy that because it keeps them busy. <laughs> you know? And yet it's sad. 20 believers, 20 years in, fighting the same stronghold, fighting the same battle, going around the same merry-go-round. Yeah? rebuking this and rebuking the same thing in their life. You meet people fasting for 20 years, fasting to overcome the same challenge. I say it with empathy, and I say it, but, but, but you know, we're called to something a little bit more than just fighting the same stronghold and the same curse. What about nations? What about cities? What about advancing the gospel? What about taking this glorious good news outside of our own community? And yet the enemy's got us so deceived. He's got us fighting the same. He's like dog, we're like dogs chasing our tails, chasing the same thing that's already been given to us in Christ Jesus. So I'm here today to elevate our thinking, church. Think beyond just my next, you know, overcoming that, you know, that challenge to getting into a place where I'm believing for nations and cities. Amen? For Indonesia, for well, you're going to hear about Madagascar soon for Toronto. Amen? Can I hear an amen? That's why it's so important that we're focused on these exceeding precious promises, removing the filters. It's our responsibility, church, to carry this light. John 8, verse 32, Jesus speaking, he said, you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. We know that part, but what's interesting, next verse, he says, then he answered, we are Abraham's descendants. They answered Jesus and said, we are Abraham's descendants. And we've never been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say we will be free? In other words, it's possible to get so used to the deception that we don't even know we're in it. Used to the bondage, we don't even know we're there. And so I'm asking you today, would, you, would we be open to this reality that we are blessed with an irrevocable blessing in Christ? Say it with me, say, I'm blessed. I'm righteous, say, I'm righteous. We are blessed we are blessed precisely because we are righteous. Romans 8 verse 9 says, if Christ is in you, is Christ in you today? Remember, I'm talking primarily to those who are born again today. So I'll ask you again, is Christ in you today? 
Though the body is dead because of sin, yet the spirit, that's your spirit, is alive. Why? Because of righteousness that was given to you as a gift. We have a new operating system whereby which we operate today. It's a spiritual operating system. We are to walk by spirit. And in your spirit, in my spirit, there is wisdom, the wisdom of Christ. There is sanctification, the sanctification of Christ. There is holiness, the holiness of Christ. There is creative ideas, the creative ideas of Christ. Everything that he is, is in your spirit person today. Amen? That's why we, we hear the promises. We focus on them in the storm because we are partaking. We have a new operating system. Let me encourage us today. Let's stop being messed around. You're, you're not unworthy. You're not inadequate. Amen? You are a new creation. You've brought in, been brought into a new reality where old things have passed away, your old inadequacies, your old failures and flaws, and you are strong, you are anointed. Amen? See, I'm talking to your spirit person today, and I know who that is because it's identified with Christ Jesus. Amen? You are strong. Say, I'm strong. You're not relegated to give in to that bad habit. You are strong and you are well able. Amen. See, faith is coming. See, we are born into a fallen, corrupted world, yes. But we are brought into the new creation, into a new realm. It's a spiritual reality. And the scripture says we have not been given the spirit, we've been given a new spirit. There's a spirit of the world, but there's a spirit of Christ. Let's read it. 1 Corinthians 2.12, it said, Now we have not received the spirit of the world... But in Christ, the Spirit who is from God, so that we might know the things freely given to us by God. But the Holy Spirit does in our lives. So there is a Spirit of the world and there's a Spirit of Christ. We have been called to operate by the Spirit of Christ. It's a different Spirit. Say it's a different Spirit. You know, one attribute of the Spirit of Christ, Jesus said, I've come into this world that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. Yeah? Say abundance. So the Spirit of Christ operates by the Spirit of abundance. When I talk of abundance, often our mind goes to finances and money, and that's one attribute of it. But how many know abundance is so much more than money? Yeah? The opposite of abundance is what? Lack. Lack. So let's play it out. Joy. The Scripture says in the new creation there is an abundance of joy. What's the opposite of joy? What's what's the lack of joy? The lack of joy is depression. There's a lot of lack in this world, it seems. Yeah? The, 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 the part of the new creation is peace. What's the opposite of peace? What's lacking peace? Anxiety, mental illness. I mean, oh, the spirit of this world is operating on lack. You know, if you don't believe, if you, if you buy into this premise that God is not providing your needs, what are you prone to give into? Greed, manipulation, manipulating others, putting others down to get ahead. When you know that there's abundance in Christ and he's meeting all your needs, you don't have to cut corners, you don't have to cheat and lie and steal because you know God is your source and you're trusting him. He says, you're not of the spirit of this world. See abundance. See, you are in the new creation and there is everything is yours in Christ. Everything you need, the creative idea to get ahead in your business, it's in you in Christ. We're drawing that out as we acknowledge the exceeding precious promises. Amen. Can I give you three? I'm almost winding down here. I know we're, we're out for time. How many say we're good? Amen? Well, I'm saying let's tune into this spiritual reality. Let's see abundance. We have to remove the filters, yes, that say you're not qualified, you're not ready for it, you're not good. 
No, we have an advantage. Here's some, here's some spiritual realities. You ready for it? Say yes. Proverbs chapter 4. This is speaking to our spiritual realities. It says in verse 18, but the path of the righteous. Say, that's me. Say it stronger. Say, that's me. It's like the light of dawn that shines brighter and brighter until the fullness of day. In other words, what that is saying is, this is our spiritual reality that we live in, that we are to get brighter and brighter until the day we die. That's awesome. Now, that doesn't mean I don't believe that, you know, when you, if you were 20 and you ran the 800 meters strong, now that you're 85, you're going to run a marathon. I don't think that's what it means. How many who are, you know, in their 80s here, and we've got some strong 80-year-olds, but I, I'm not believing necessarily that you're going to go running a marathon this next week. I know Amida wants to get us going in that direction, I think. I think she's, you know, remember her seniors exercise class. I think she's trying to get, you know, that going, but I'm not necessarily believing for that. But how many know brighter doesn't necessarily mean you're going to run a marathon or there are seasons of life. We acknowledge that, but how many know that brightener means my light is going to be brighter? Brighter. More, in other words, my ministry, what, how I affect others, my, the influence in life is going to be brighter. In other words, I'm getting stronger, not weaker. What I'm doing is getting brighter and brighter and brighter. Amen. And you say, well, 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 Nathan, that's not been my experience. Well, can I challenge us, myself included? Let's not judge the promises of God based on subjective realities in our lives. Because how many know what we experience in life is subject to many elements? But I have chosen, and I'm encouraging each of us today to choose to elevate the promises of God, the exceeding great and precious promises of God above my subjective experiences and your subjective experiences. And the promise of God says, this is our spiritual reality, that we are getting brighter and brighter until the day we die. Come on, church, let's get excited. You're looking so bright this morning. Johanna, you're so bright. Look at your neighbor and say, you're looking brighter and brighter. <laughs> we have the light of Christ. It's a wonderful reality. Amen? That's a reality that's in Christ. The path of the righteous shines brighter and brighter. I love that. I'm believing for your family, my family, to get brighter and brighter. Here's another promise, Ecclesiastes 7 and verse 8. It says, and this is speaking of the mind of God, better is the end of a thing than the beginning. And that means that God's plan and the spiritual reality of which we've been brought into the new creation, made new for, that we will finish strong. That's God's way for our lives, to finish strong. Think about everything in God's kingdom. He says, weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Yeah? He says, the weak will be made strong. He says, I'll turn failures into successes. I'll make the foolish wise. No, no, no one say amen for that. We don't have any foolish people here today, but you understand what I'm saying. He makes the foolish wise from death to life. In other words, God's way is finish strong. And I know that's resonating in your spirit today. See, I'm, I, I, not, you know, one thing I've been noticing after post-COVID in the spirit of the world is there's, this, there's an idea of lack. Everybody's People of society is almost de-leveled where they thought they could go. People are scaling back. Everything's in retreat, it seems. People are, you know, you hear so much about wars. You know, wars are really just people see, you know, it's greed and what's greed motivated from? Fear, fear of lack. You know, we are called to be people of this, people of the spirit see abundance. Amen? And you're called and you're created to finish strong. 
And the enemy's been coming and talking to some of you, and he's been saying, no, you know what, your best days are behind you. You're not going to finish strong. COVID did you in. You're not going forward with Christ. You're not going forward with his dream. But the Spirit's here this morning. He's saying, you're going to finish strong. You're going to finish strong. Your light is growing. Your light is growing brighter. You have a new spirit. Romans 8.18, it says, I consider, Paul said, I consider that our present sufferings, there are present sufferings. Many of you are encountering today present sufferings, trials, difficulties. And so the Lord acknowledges that. But Paul said, I, I consider that our present sufferings are not worthy to be compared with the glory that will be revealed in us. And Jesus said, of course, the glory that you've given to me, Father, I give to them. We have the glory of Christ Jesus living in us. In other words, the promise he's saying, you're gonna, you may experience more trouble, more persecution, more difficulties. How many know in economics you're facing troubles, high, inf- high interest rates, uh, you know, recession, uh, all these different things going on, high in- all the inflation. You're going to encounter trouble, but God says, my glory's in you. Jesus gave us his own glory. More trouble, simply, if we allow it, is greater glory. Amen? Say greater glory. So I'm saying refuse to give in. You have Christ in you. Paul said, I can do all things, not just the easy things, but the tough things. I can do all things. Refuse to give in. Have a hardened mind. When I say hardened mind, I don't mean hardened heart towards people. I'm saying a mind, a hardened mind. To say, I will not be swayed by the storms. I'm not going to compromise. I'm not going to get into the gutter. I'm not going to give in to greed and cheating. I'm not going to give in to all those things because I I know who I serve. I serve a God of abundance. And so I'm not going to defraud my neighbor. I'm not going to do this and that to get ahead. I'm going to trust my God. He is a God of abundance. He's put a new spirit in me. I'm getting brighter and brighter and brighter. I'm not giving in to, yeah, come on, let's get excited. Amen. I'm... I'm stealing myself. I, I, I'm, I'm toughening my mind. I'm not giving in to depression and that negative cycle. I, I may have experienced it, but I'm not giving in to it. Come on, church. I know who I am in Christ Jesus. Remember that song, there shall be rivers, rivers of living water. Amen. It doesn't say there shall be rivers of depression and anxiety. It may be what you're experiencing now, but can I tell you, there is a river that shall make glad the city, the dwelling thereof, and that's you in Christ Jesus. Come on, church. Yes, there's seasons. I'm not saying as an 85-year-old you're called to start a brand new business or run a marathon, but you're called to be brighter and brighter in your area of influence. Can I hear an amen? Amen. But maybe you are in your 20s and God has a new, you know, even 20-year-olds can give up on life, think their best, you know, sometimes say, oh, I'm I'm 30 now, my best days are behind me. I'm 40 now, my best days are behind me. I'm 50 now. Put it behind you. Thank God for all he's done, but God says, Ecclesiastes, my way is you finish strong. Maybe a new way. It may be different than it looked before. But you're still called to finish strong and get brighter and brighter and brighter. Can I hear an amen? Amen. amen. So you think you, you know, you say, I, I think I've reached my limits. No, you haven't. Unless you've reached the limits of Christ in you, you have not reached your limits. I have not reached my limits. Amen. Your neighbor says, oh, they're finished. Inside you can say, no, 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 you don't understand. I'm just beginning. Yeah, I'm just beginning. Christ is developing me. Christ is changing me. Christ is growing me. How many are growing today? You're not a finished product. You are growing in the Lord. You are growing in strength. You're growing in glory. You're growing in every good thing in Christ. You're growing. You're not a finished product. Don't believe the lie that you're, you're finished. No, you're not. No, you're not. Tap into that spirit person within you. Amen? Isn't that good news? Isaiah chapter 40, promise, last scripture. Those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. 
They'll mount up on wings like eagles, run and not retire. They will walk and not become weary. Amen. I'm believing for people in this church, your neighbors, your coworkers, they, they say, what, what's going on? In all this negative news of wars, World War III, and all this downturn of economy and all that, how, how are you so joyful? How, how are you, how's the Lord blessing your business in all of this? Where is it coming from? You're able to just nicely say, well, my Jesus is helping me. He's making it possible. Amen? Amen? Amen. Why don't we stand together? I got three important things to do, but let's just take a moment and just receive this right now. You know, the scripture says the people who know their God will do great exploits. Great exploits. And that's what I'm believing for, our, for your life, this church family, that we'd be known for great exploits, greater and greater, brighter and brighter, finishing strong. Amen? Say it with me. Let's make, a bold, let's make these bold confessions. Say, I am righteous. I am blessed. I'm getting brighter and brighter. Stronger and stronger. I will finish strong and do great exploits. Can we give Jesus the biggest shout we can? Amen, church. I said earlier today, I got three things. I didn't say this earlier. I'm saying it now. I got three things to do. Here's the first one. Number one, I said earlier, I'm talking primarily to those who have have been born again, born again spiritually. If you haven't, I want to speak to you right now in the few moments ahead. This is the greatest reality of stepping into this new creation, new reality. The way I describe being born again and receiving salvation in Christ is like a miracle happens in the human heart. On the outside, you may look the same, but inwardly something changes. He gives you a new heart. It's when darkness begins to go and light begins to come in. It's when hatred and evil begin to go and love and healing come in. It's a miracle that happens. God gives you a new heart. And so I'm going to invite you in a moment's time to pray and to receive this gift of new birth with me. You say, what does that mean, Nathan? Well, being born again does not mean, it doesn't mean, first of all, just getting a list of rules that you should follow to be a good Christian. No, being born again is being made alive spiritually, receiving new life. Being born again isn't just joining a church or a religious group. No, it's, it's receiving Christ's own life. Being born again isn't simply, and that's why it's sometimes been presented, it's just an insurance ticket that hopefully when I die, I go to heaven. You'll do that, but I tell you what, something much greater happens even here right now. You receive the life of Christ. You say, well, how do I do that, Nathan? Well, the scripture says you need to first change your mind. It's called repentance. Change your mind. You can't save yourself. But I changed my mind and I put my trust in Jesus. Amen? Secondly, it's acknowledging Jesus for who he is. Jesus is Lord and he is Savior. Would you acknowledge that today? Would you confess that with your mouth? And lastly, it's receiving. It's receiving the forgiveness that Jesus gave you through his cross. He forgave you. Would you receive that today? And it's about receiving this new life. So with heads bowed and eyes closed all across this room, if you're here today, you say, Nathan, I've not received this miracle of new birth. I've not put my trust in Jesus. I've heard about religious ideas, teachings, rules, but I haven't received new life. I haven't received the knowledge of God, but I'm ready today to receive it, Nathan. If that's you today, I'm going to count to three, but as I get to three, I just want you to raise your hand so I know who I'm praying with. All those who say, yes, Nathan, include me when you pray, would you raise your hand? One, two, three.
three. Hands going up across this room. Yes, sir. Every section, I see those hands. Yes. Anybody else? Just hands going up. Beautiful. You say, I'm ready to receive new life in Christ, new heart, new being, miracle from Christ. Thank you. Just another more moment. Just keep praying, Celebration Church. Anybody else? Anybody else? All right, those of you who raised your hands, you can take your hands down now. TIC, can we all pray with those who raised their hands? Can we all pray together? Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for coming, taking my sin, dying, and being raised from the dead. Right now, I change my mind. I can't save myself. I put my trust in you. Jesus, I acknowledge you are Lord and you are Savior. And right now, I receive your forgiveness. I receive your grace. I receive your life in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. Can we give those who received Christ here this morning a big hand clap? Amen. In a moment's time, in a moment's time, I'm going to, upon dismissal, I will invite you to come and receive a self, a, this bag. I have a team here led by, our, by Dawit. He'll be here with a team. And I'd like to put this bag, it has material about this wonderful gift of new life in Christ. Love to put it into your hand. And so when we dismiss in, a, dismiss in a couple of moments, they'll be here across the front. I invite you to come and receive that bag, and then you can go on your own way. But can, again, can we give a big hand clap? Yes, to those who have received Christ as their Savior. Welcome to the family. Welcome to the family. And I invite you to keep coming back every Sunday. Get to know these exceeding precious promises. Amen? Well, we've got two more things I said we'll do, and I think we're still, yep, we're good. All right, two more things. Here's number two. You know, the Scripture says that the Word of God carries life. Life. Life to our mortal bodies. And so I'm, I'm aware, keenly aware, that even as I've been preaching here this morning, preaching these words of life, preaching the promises of God, life is happening in physical bodies. In fact, the Scripture says God sent His Word and He healed those who were sick. And Jesus demonstrated this in His earthly ministry. He went around doing good and healing all who were sick and oppressed by the enemy. So if you're here this morning and you, don't, you, you say, I need healing in your body, I'm going to speak a prayer this morning. Remember, Jesus' own authority, he's given unto us. And so even now, there is health happening in your body. I'm cognizant of that. But we're going to join our prayer and acknowledge in the name of Jesus that that is manifest, that which Jesus came to put away of, put away with your sickness, your disease. By his stripes, he produced healing. That we're going to join our faith now and believe that that is so in your body. You ready for this? Let's just lift up our hands. Jesus, I thank you now that you made your will towards sickness known in our lives by taking our sickness and our disease. Jesus, and I thank you that you put them away. So right now, Jesus, we speak to the sickness, the arthritis. We speak to the, the glaucoma. We speak to the areas of individuals' bodies where there is darkness, and we command that health to come. We command the sickness to go in Jesus' name, in the name of Jesus. I thank you from front to back and side to side, health is coming into physical bodies. For individuals watching online, watching in hospital, we speak health now in Jesus' name, Father. I thank you for that disease that doctors have diagnosed but have not 
not been able to cure. We speak healing now in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for health. I thank you for those fingertips that are becoming numb. We speak healing, I mean feeling back into those fingertips in Jesus' name. Receive feeling back in those fingertips. I thank you, Father, now in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you in that area of the body where the x-ray has come back with a negative image and there's a dark blot. And I thank you, Father, that that is being healed now. Go back for an x-ray. Test it out. But see your healing now in Jesus' name. We speak with the authority of Jesus. And I thank you now. Jesus, I thank you. Father, just take 30 more seconds and praise him now. Father, I thank you. Jesus, I thank you right now that you're speaking, that you are healing sick bodies. Jesus, I thank you right now for spiritual understanding. Jesus, I thank you for that vision impacting every human heart here this morning. To see ourselves getting brighter and brighter. You know where everyone is at. You know those who are in their youth, young adults, middle-aged, young at heart. Jesus, I thank you that for every individual, you have a plan to finish strong. For every season of life, your glory is at work in us. So Jesus, I thank you this morning for giving every person this understanding to see, spiritual eyes to see, where you're taking them, where you're leading them, the great exploits in their path, for their business and relationships, in their ministry, in their walk with you, Father. For that individual that's been struggling around the same problem for the last 20 years, be set free in Jesus' name. Come out and be free. You are a new creation in Christ. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. If you receive that today, give Jesus a big shout of praise. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. You may be seated. We'll do our third. I said I had three things, so you know where I'm at. Here we go. How many have received something good here this morning? Receive from Jesus. Amen. Just wave at me right now. Just wave, yeah? Beautiful, beautiful. For more information about Toronto Celebration Church, please visit our website at TICC.ca.